If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Even $1 goes a long way, and we truly appreciate your support. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loud Pipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. You want free swag? Select the barbershop level, and we'll send you a free t-shirt and an annual swag bag. Loudpipes.net slash donate. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from R-Dub Studios, in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 72. We've got an exciting interview for everyone this evening. Continuing our farewell to victory motorcycles. Part two. You okay, John? You want a tissue? Yeah. Yeah? You got one? I don't, but I do have a beer. You got a beer? Oh, what's wrong? What's wrong, Rigo? I can't take it. I can't take it. <laughs> what's wrong, Rico? You, you sad as well? You still crying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Well, we got someone to help us get through it and, and move forward. So are you are you drinking anything to drown out your sorrows? I'm, I'm drinking I'm drinking an Imperial <laughs> in a can. Oh, gee. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's going to be one of those evenings, I see. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. How y'all doing tonight? We are hanging in there. Boy, it has been a week. What a oh. week. What a week. Oh, just the news. I, I'm still trying to choke this all down because, you know, we were just talking about this victory and you know the hopefully the new bikes that are gonna come out with and all this and they hit us with this hours after we released our show it's just like ugh. yeah it's nice nice to have you back uh for 72 because john john held it down for you for 71 while we did the victory history but i think yeah. you'll think you'll have picked the better episode to come back for for sure <laughs> yeah I, I i think i lost a short long on this one Drew that short straw. Yeah, short yeah. straw. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, John, you got a beverage by chance? Yeah. I'm having a copper. You're going to have a copper tonight? Wow. Man. Very nice. You must have been to Charlotte. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I am also having an OMB copper, and John is in the studio. Oh, we, we are getting yeah. ready for getting ready for a bike show. So that's yes. why John's here. All right, well, let's get to it. Just a quick reminder again on our on our little promotion. So if you're enjoying the show, like we say, and you want more, it's loudpipes.net slash donate. And from now until the end of January, like we said, we're going to kick in the $5 perks for everyone that comes in just at the $1 level. So check out loudpipes.net slash donate for that and uh, sign on up. All right, guys, so we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about victory just yet because we want to get to the guest and 
we talked about this, I believe, on 71, where we were getting into some of the videos from Lloyd over at Lloyd's Motorworks. And he just had some really sound advice for moving forward. You know, sort of stay calm. You know, we'll figure it out. You know, the Victory bikes are still good. And there's still people in the aftermarket to to help you, both in service and in, in customization. So I sort of like that message. So I... Yeah, and also what he was saying in his video is like, my bike's still there. It didn't disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I came in Monday morning. Guess what? My bikes are still here. So that was neat. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, true, so true. I have to ask real quick, Rigo, before we get uh, get Lloyd on the line. As an Indian owner, does this give you any pause at all? And now let, let, let me clarify before you answer. I'll give you a second. Take a sip of your beer. Okay. <laughs> so, Victory had a good run, 18 years. <laughs> Sip, not chug it. Oh, oh okay, sorry. <laughs> what, what number are you on over there, Rico? Is this like number two or three tonight? No, this is this, this is number one. This is number one. Mm. This is for you're, the show. You're in a good mood tonight. Yeah, I am. You're hanging out with those boys. That's, that's what it is. That's it. Got you in town, you know, it's just good, good chemistry tonight. It's awesome. Yeah. So the reason I ask is, so 18 years, they had a good run, but it feels a little bit like when the going got tough, the tough went home. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So as an Indian owner, if times got tough, what's to say they wouldn't do the same thing with Indian? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I I think they're they're hoping for this is just my opinion. I think what they're leaning towards is this whole Indian Harley rivalry thing just being rekindled and just moving forward through, you know, however long they're gonna keep this going. Yeah. But I think I think this is gonna be their 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 horse that they're gonna just kinda put everything in one basket and just ride this Indian thing to see where it goes. And I think, um, with Indian coming on board, uh, over the last couple of years, um, and seeing the numbers and the victories decrease because of Indian coming on board. I think that's probably why they wanted to stop the bleeding now instead of just, you know, yeah. having to deal with it later on, um, and, and move forward Indian. And hopefully, hopefully that the people that were working, at the victory factories will have, you know, their first dibs in working in some of the Indian factories. So hopefully all that's in the works. I don't know. I'm just assuming that as an executive, uh, that that will be, you know, keeping some of the, the true employees right. that have been there and, and, and being a part of this, this heritage of victory. Uh, that you know they they keep those people on board uh, and, and move them over to the Indian side of things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you, you hate to see anyone lose jobs over it, but uh, I'm sure some of that will happen. And and like you said, uh, many of them will likely find a place with uh, the Indian side of the house and move forward. Yep. All right. Well, and I, just one more thing before we before we call up Lloyd it was just that that's why I like Harley. <laughs> Because that's all they do. They've been in continuous operation. Yeah. Since 1903. Yeah. So yeah. when the times get tough, they pull up the bootstraps and they make it work. They don't just, they don't just, 
jettison the brand because it's not making money. I'm going to throw something out. Okay. I think Harley has done different marketing things through to make them survive. That they sell a lot of t-shirts. You're right, John. They they do. They sell a lot of t-shirts. They well, sell a lot. And hats. And bells. Lots of bells. To kind of go back to, I know the show you haven't watched is the Harley and the Davisons, but at least I don't think you have. I think you've seen one episode. One episode, yep. All right. And it was good. I was hooked. So, so kind of the thing is, is when they went through the, in the early days and w- the war came out and how they went to the army and they worked a deal and honestly trained and said, we're going to train you, your guys how to work on these bikes. We're going to sell them, give you the bikes, but we're going to train them in service. And I think that's what they kind of learned. And I think, I don't know how true the movie is and how much it was. I mean, I know it's all documentum and TV can change. But Harley tried to change things, except like Indian was going, instead of battling Indian, they were trying to find them how to shut them down. Yeah, that's, like you said, it, it was a documentary. We don't know how much of it was true, but that part of the philosophy was interesting where Harley was just trying to do things different um, trying to figure out their own way, like you said, versus Indian was just trying to put them out of business, or at least the the series made you to believe. Again, not right. sure how true that is, right? But I mean, you see that in a lot of industries. Like some people get into things and they do their own thing, and they just try to find what works for them. And then other people just, you know, will try to put other people out of business or just try to copy or whatever. But you see that in a lot of industries. It's not just for bikes. Right, right. No, no. I this this is just one thing between yeah. Indian and Harley and continuous. I don't think Indian did what they needed to do in the time to change with the times to make it happen. Yeah, and let's be honest, I mean the Indian name just carries a lot more weight. I mean, whether people know anything about the history or or not, it doesn't really matter. A lot of people just they'll know Indian motorcycles and they just don't know the minutiae of the history. And maybe it doesn't matter. You know, they're going to buy a new bike. They're going to love it. And who cares? Yep. Everybody's going to get what they want. Yeah. All right. So now we have the great pleasure of bringing in Lloyd Greer from Lloyd's Motorworks. And we've talked about what he does for Victory and, and Indian motorcycles as well in the past. But now we have the great pleasure of having him on the show. So, Lloyd, welcome to Loud Pipes. No, thanks for having me. No worries. How's the weather treating you there in New York State? Uh, it sucks and it's cold, so, uh, <laughs> keeps us inside doing R&D instead of riding. It gets you ready for bike week, right? Yeah, exactly. Very good. So, yeah, like we said in our, in our intro here, we are, we're fans of Victory and we were sad to see them go, and we thought Lloyd was the perfect voice of reason for what people should do going forward, and I thought we would just start there a little bit and just get your thoughts as someone who's an insider, we would say. You've worked closely with the brand, and we know you've had a couple of projects with Victory themselves, uh, mainly the, the supercharged Magnums that we're very interested in and, and some of the land speed record runs. Um, can you first just talk a little bit about your thoughts on the announcement? So you've had about a week to soak it in now. So where, where are you at mentally nowadays? Um, you know, I, I think... With uh, many people out there, you know, it, it was devastating, especially if you, you know, love a brand. Um, doesn't matter if it's a bike or a car or, you know, whatever it may be. It's uh, it's almost like losing a, a close friend. You know, the uh, right. 
so, you know, you're going to go through the normal grieving, I guess. You know, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be sad. You're going to want to do crazy stuff. And, um, you know, I was in the same uh, group as everybody else in that I didn't get any uh, inclination that uh, they were shutting the doors until 9 a.m. Monday morning. So I didn't have any, you know, pre-warned uh, information on it. Um, right. You know, so it, it, you know, it was kind of a little bit hard to set back. But, uh, you know, now that it's a week later, um, I know that the reason that we love Victory Motorcycles, the reason we buy Victory Motorcycles, um, it may have closed the door, but maybe some other doors are opening. You know, so uh, I don't think Polaris is ever that brand to sit stagnant on um, what they've learned. So hopefully they've learned a lot and we're going to see something better in the future. Yeah, I agree. And and in our last show, we talked a lot about uh, Victory. We went through the history um, of all the bikes and the engines that they produced. And, you know, while we sort of celebrate that information, we're kind of taking your approach. We're looking forward to what's next. Obviously, more money is going to go into Indian. That'll be more of a focus. And what we're really hoping is some of that Victory DNA makes its way over into that brand as well. I, I think that it probably will or probably should. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are, are hoping for that anyway. And, um, you know, I think that I don't know if, if they've got it internally structured that that's their plan or if they're still the adopting plans to do that. But uh, I, I would definitely recommend that they shoot that direction. There is a niche in the market that needs to be filled. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'd heard is just prior to their release that JD Power and Associates had um, put Victory at the top uh, levels of uh, their reports once again. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't confirm that, but, you know, I imagine the sources are true. So uh, it, I guess the worst thing is that the brand didn't fail because it was a bad bike. Right. You know, um, there was other influences as a factor. Okay. Um, let's take about a, a half step back and talk about what sort of what led you to victory in the beginning. You know, what was sort of your passion or, or what did, what did you see with the brand that, that you said, yeah, I, I want to align with this. This is good stuff here. Oh boy. We're really going way back. Uh, <laughs> I know 18 years, right? <laughs> actually it was 20 years ago. Um, when, when I was first introduced to it, uh, back in 97, there was a there was one guy going around the country. His name was Terry Nesbitt, and he's you know a lot of people are familiar with him. He's done a lot of stuff with other manufacturers, um, but he was going door to door to dealers looking for people to sell the the product. You know, as the new Victory motorcycle. I was actually involved with a, a Polaris dealership at the time, and when he showed me the brochures, I'm like, hell, I mean, they built a great four wheeler, they built a great snowmobile, you know. Um, I'm sure they got the engineering capability to build a great bike. And, you know, right from that starting point, I wanted to get involved with it. So uh, we ended up taking the brand on, uh, you know, as a first-line dealership for Victory. And uh, for first try, I thought they did a really good job. You know, um, it's a good thing that they, three years later, they ended up changing because, uh, you know, that, that bike wouldn't have kept them going. But, uh, you yeah. know, they, they definitely put their hearts and souls in it. And uh, for a first run, it was a good try. So um, that's what really enticed me is that, wow, this is an American bike, um, another American bike out there. And I just wanted to get involved. 
Okay, very good. When you started doing the the aftermarkets parts or accessories, you want to, whatever you want to call it, what was the first thing you thought that this this motor or this bike needed? Now, what was what, what got the gills turning that we can produce more horsepower for this motor? Well, uh, it first started off with just getting the bikes to run correctly. Um, <laughs> you know, being a new bike and a new diagnostic system, new way of setting them up because they were fuel injected right from the start. Um, so right from the infancy in 98, there were a lot of people that really weren't knowledgeable on how to, to set up fuel injected bikes. Um, so they were really always running lean and to, really to the point where lean and crappy, you know, fuel mileage, drivability, everything. So the first unit that we actually came out with in, um, in conjunction with, uh, Doback performance was a fuel controller that you could put on a victory and, you know, get it richened up and get the smoothness and drivability out of it. Um, from there, you know, I wasn't on the mindset that, wow, I'm going to do all this great stuff for, for victory motorcycles, uh, until people from all over the country started calling me just wanting to have their bikes tuned and, and set up properly. Hmm. Um, that's when it really clicked that, Hey, maybe we're on to something. I think you kind of touched on it earlier, the progression from that first engine and then when they quickly moved to the uh, the Freedom series starting, I think, started with a 100 cubic inch and then eventually 106, which is what we have today. No, it was actually, it started as a 92 back in 03. Well, actually, I should say, actually, I'm, let's go back. Uh, it started as a 92 inch in 02. Okay. Yep. But that really seemed to be where they were sort of coming into their own. Like you said, they started out and it was okay. You know, it was a passable bike, but then they really sort of found their footing and, and that became the platform that they use right up till today. Correct. Which is kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So where did your parts go from there? So the, the fuel control systems, um, what was sort of the next progression in the, in the engine? I'm assuming cams and timings and things like that. Um, you, you know, usually you want to hit the, the majority of the market first. So, you know, typically it's fuel intake and exhaust. Right. We always struggled with exhaust systems on the manu- getting, getting them manufactured. You know, that was always our, our difficult problem. Uh, still is. So, uh, so we stuck with the fuel intake and then we went to cams and big bore kits and, you know, dabbled with turbos and, you know, stuff like that. Anything that would make power, we were playing with and trying to sell. Okay. All right. So let me, let me pick your brain a little bit here. Cause this has been a question that uh, has been on my mind since I first heard about Lloyd's and I want to get your input on and compare in the contrast between the Harley, the Indian and Victor and the Victory motors or engines. Can you compare and contrast the three? What's the advantage to each? Uh, what, where could they improve? Yeah, I, I know where you're going with that one. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's sometimes hard to compare because of the fact that there is such a wide gap, uh, gap and separation between them. And, you know, of course, the comparison comes down to, okay, well, they're all American-made. They're all V-twins. So instantly you want to compare. Right. But Victory always separated itself, in my opinion, above you know, the Indian and the Harley, and then it was a true performance brand. You know, it may not have made, 
you know, 130 horsepower right out of the box, but it was more capable of doing it with minor bolt-ons. Um, you know, the strength of the power plant alone was an asset. The, uh, you know, right today we can take, you know, a basically bone stock 106 cubic inch motor with just a set of cams and supercharger and put out over 200 horsepower nice. and not break it. <laughs> you know, who does that? You know, so you don't have to go in and change the crank. You don't have to go change the bottom end to meet all the needs. I mean, it is literally the only internal component we changed was the cams. Um, And it lives. Wow. So I think that's the biggest separation is that in stock form, they might be close to each other in, in horsepower, but when you start really building them up, that's when the separation becomes very apparent um, because it's, you know, we can, we can bring them up to 120 rear wheel horse for $3,000, you know, oh, in, wow. in parts. And that's, and that's your basics. That's exhaust, intake, cams, fuel. Where the other ones, well, not so much. So, it's, <laughs> like I say, it's hard to compare, but that's where the separation is anyway. I've been waiting for a set of cams from you for my Indian Roadmaster. So I know Indian has theirs, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold off and see what Lloyd's does because I have your, your big breather kit for my bike. Oh, awesome. I just, awesome. Yeah. You know, so I've just been waiting, brother. I've been waiting <laughs> and waiting. So, well, uh, let me, let me give you some, um, I'll give you some teasers. Um, All right. <laughs> there's, there's been some internal stuff with, you know, why we haven't released all of them yet. Um, but our cams are putting out over 100 horsepower in a 111. Um, <laughs> and we've been testing pretty hard on, on grinds. So uh, I'm hoping we're going to have that wrapped up uh, really shortly um, and, you know, get it out to you, our customer. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that, uh, you know, I'd like to inspire to them Indian uh, owners out there is that, you know, there was a reason people choose, chose us for their victory stuff. You know, right. we're, we're highly knowledgeable. Um, I always say we've got the best customer service, the best people on the phones dealing with uh, the questions. And, you know, the Indian market w- has been a little bit tough to get into, I think, because of the Harley migration over. You know, Harley people are used to the certain big name brands out there. Um, and, you know, we've got, we have to enlighten them on why they need to choose us in the future. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll, now that we've unfortunately got a little bit more time to play with, uh, with Indian, we'll, we'll be giving them the reason why they need to choose us in the future. Nice. If you need a bike to work on or whatever, you know, I'll donate mine <laughs> so you can <laughs> boost her up for me. <laughs> where do you say you were? <laughs> <laughs> well, the bike's in Atlanta. The yeah. bike's oh, okay. not too far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the that's an interesting thought. So let's pivot a little bit to the Indian side. Now, I know you've had your hands in there for a while. I've I've seen you know videos of the supercharger you're working on for Indian, and of course we just talked about the cams. But do you see the same potential on the Indian side for for big power gains? You know, with the same you know bulletproof bottom end where you're not going to have to you know, change the crank and things like that. Are you seeing the, some of the same potential there on the Indian side? Um, not really, uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, one it that bike wasn't necessarily built to be a high horsepower bike. Mm-hmm. Um, 
two, you know, we we are going back a little bit instead of having four valve heads that flow tremendous amounts of air flow stock. You know, we're going to a two valve head, so we're, you know we've got our limitations there. Yeah. Um, you know, and and truthfully, the mindset it it's been hard because. You know, once I had the Indian thing figured out, it was pretty easy to add 20, 30, 40 more horsepower. Well, trying to get used to only adding 10, 15, and 20. <laughs> you <know? laughs> when you're bolting on 100, that's tough to take, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So um, so it's it's been a little bit of a mind game on the, on the numbers, you know, trying to get used to the fact that, uh, you know, we're, we're putting out, we're, we're making good product. It's just that, you know, capability wise and motor, it's, it's not going to be as high as a victory. Mm. Right. Right. We've, we've thrown around the phrase, um, Indian sport. You know, we think take that one Oh six or maybe a, a revised or upgraded version of it. And that, you know, that become the Indian performance arm and they can still use the Indian name, just tack sport onto it. And, you know, we get our, our victory go fast parts. Truthfully, I hope they don't do that. Um, I hope that if they're going to do something, they, they they keep that victory engineering involved, mm-hmm. but make something new and better. You know, not saying, let, let's face it, no matter how good a product is, it can always be better. Right. So if, if something is going to happen, that's what I hope does happen, that it's a redesign and it's it's better than what we have now. Gotcha. So something all new. Yeah, that's a, that's a good approach as well. It is personally it would piss me off if if they basically did a rebrand you know yeah. um you know i would hope that they they have a separation yeah i was just thinking from an engineering standpoint where you know when you when you look at what polaris does they, they engineer a piece and then they use it as broadly as possible so they don't end up with you know a huge parts bin you know full of parts so i you know i was just kind of thinking along those lines you know they've already engineered all these parts they could somehow, if they could reuse that, that would be a lot more efficient than, than re-engineering something completely new. Right. No, I, I would agree with that statement. Um, but then the perception of the consumer at that point needs to be taken into consideration. Yeah. You know, how, how is the consumer's perception of that going to uh, play a role in sales? So, Got it. It's going to be a, uh, a journey for everybody, you know, see what, what happens moving forward. You know, I'm I'm confident that uh, our customers are going to keep supporting us, and you know we'll be around for a long time. Or I'm certainly hoping so. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. You know, uh, and that's one thing that you know we found is that we do have very loyal customers. So, okay, I'm one of them. <laughs> yes, thank you. And he's lining up for more. You you heard his tongue yeah. hit the floor earlier. So, yep, yep. <laughs> Send me an email. Keep in touch. So I be- will. And- I was just going to say, before we get into the parts and services side of it, um, what's your daily ride, Lloyd? Uh, well, I live in New York, so we really don't have daily rides. <laughs> it's a sedan. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds um, depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing to boot is I've got two young sons that are involved with everything going. So truthfully, my, my riding is very limited. Um, I ne- normally only get a chance to go riding when I'm away. But when I do go out, um, I've got a sweet uh, stripped-down vision. Um, puts about 240 horse to the rear tire down. Um, Good God. Gas, ride all day. You know, that's my go-to bike. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course so. it is. 
but uh, and I mean, I, I have I have twelve bikes, uh, you know, mixed between uh, Victory and Indian. Um, you know, some of them are just collectors, and you know, other ones are are riders. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it's got to have a lot of power, regardless wow, yeah. of what it is. But uh, you know, I've got a Chieftain um, with a supercharger on it and a big board kit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, that's getting you wound up, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, that one makes uh, 175 horse, 173 oh. foot-pounds. Um, you know, that's, that's a nice bike, but my go-to bike is my vision. I hear you. I hear you. That's Ooh, interesting. Man. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I want that. I, I so want that. I'm going to call you, Lloyd, for real. You started a fire here, though. This is what I'm going to have to deal with now until he gets some parts. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what we do with everybody. We start a fire, you know. Um, we bring life back into their their system, you know. It just that uh, you get stagnant, you know, having the same old thing. And uh, when you can get a lot of reliable horsepower, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anybody that twists the throttle on um, a high-horsepower bike that just doesn't say, hey, I want this. Mm. I don't need it. Right. I want it. Exactly, exactly. I do have one pet peeve with the Indian motor, and that's just the heat off that rear cylinder. What are your thoughts on how they can improve that, or what should I look into doing to improve that heat aspect off that rear cylinder head? Well, on a on a stock, yep. in stock form, it's going to be tough because, of course, they have to meet their emissions compliancy, and they're running lean, and they're running hot. Um right. You know, I would say that if you if you've got our air cleaner on it, you've probably sought out some type of fuel management. Yep. Okay. Um, that will typically a proper tune will will typically drop thirty to forty degrees off that rear cylinder. Uh, actually, both of them, but you're only feeling the rear. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the first step. You know, is to make sure you've got a proper tune on it, get some heat down, and you know it is. It is an issue moving forward with it, and one of the things that we've done on our supercharger kits is that we've actually, one, incorporated our rear drive pulley so that the inner part of the pulley is cut into a fan, and then we Mm. blow our excessive boost pressure off at uh, idle and at cruise speeds to blow on the rear cylinder head, Um, and that drastically cuts the temperatures down on those also. So, you know, it, it, it's a problem. Everybody's got the same problem, and it's it's not just Indian. I think it's going to be everybody. Um, one of the things that you also feel more on an Indian is that you do sit over top of that motor more than you do on a Victory. You know, the motor um, on a Victory is is more forward of your of your leg and, and saddle position than on the Indian and or a Harley. You know, mm-hmm. so, but. Yeah. Uh, if you want some immediate relief, put some big ugly guards on it. <laughs> you know, I guess they have. Uh, <laughs> well, he did put those leather leather flaps on there. Yeah, they got them leather flaps on there that look hideous, but uh, I guess they must work. <laughs> they do, and it, it has helped uh, tremendously. And on top of the electronic part for it, and uh, you know, just going forward for other guys that haven't done some of the things I've done to my bike, just tips that they can do to kind of reduce some of the heat because, you know, on a lot of the forums, you know, you have to get used to that heat when switching over to the Indian. And uh, I've gotten used to it. I know how to position my legs too. So there's 
doesn't feel like that pocket of hot air in between your legs, but it's a, it's a work in progress and how to, to manage that when, especially like when Rich rides it, he's like, Oh man, it's so hot. How can you do it? <laughs> but like I said, I've gotten used to it. And, um, and with the guards that has cut that a lot. So I don't feel that nut roast going on <laughs> when I'm sitting right, in the heat. Right. Yep. And the other thing is don't wear shorts and sandals while you're riding your Indian, right? Exactly. I just, I hate that. When I see that, I just shake my head like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just proves, Rico, that it sounds like a supercharger is almost a required part for you. Uh, for many, for many For people, many, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can also incorporate a, a, a tire pressure um system on there so that you'll never go flat also <laughs> there you go see all right now you're talking <laughs> pretty cool yeah i got a lot of harleys to race lloyd so they're already chopping at the bits to get on the track with me so <laughs> all right well i guess we're gonna have to have some further discussions here <laughs> yes yes we <laughs> we're, gonna, will. we're gonna need a small box of parts <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and my bike's gonna need a big box of parts like a freight motor <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's get to some of the good stuff. Let's talk about some of the parts that you offer. We'll, we'll start with Victory, since that's kind of what drew us in. And like I said, we're big fans of that Supercharger kit, which I think of all the kits out there, it's one of the cleanest designs. I mean, it almost looks factory. We've talked about it several times on the show where if you didn't know, you know, if you didn't know better, you would think that that might have come from the showroom floor, you know, save for the, you know, the Lloyd's guards and, and things like that. but um, talk a little bit about the development of, of that kit. And then I'm sure you worked with, with victory on that because they use it on their, um, the drift baggers. Right. Um, what happened with that, it was, it was actually back in 2011, which was, uh, cross country came out in 2010. Um, and victory actually hired me to, to build a performance adder, uh, that would fit into that chassis. Um, and originally they wanted to do a turbo and, you know, truthfully on, for me, per, uh, personally, turbos aesthetically never flow like they should on a motorcycle. You know, the, the right. right side of a motorcycle is always designed to have an exhaust system. And when you take that exhaust system off and you do your t- tubing to, to fit a turbo in it, you're always missing something it just doesn't look complete so the um the development process for this was that they took a cross country and they wanted to explore the customization options of that platform moving forward because uh, let's face it if you can't customize your bike most people don't want it right exactly so this bike ultimately ended up being what is now the X1 uh, package, X1 Magnum. Mm. You know, it, it had, at the time, it had a 23-inch front tire, um, you know, had big 6 by 9 speakers in the lids, you know, kicking stereo system, and then we did the supercharger uh, because I felt that the supercharger would aesthetically be something better that we could fit into the package. And then moving forward, all of those items would have been available to the consumer for purchase. Um, Legality-wise, of course, I got bumped out no matter how hard I tried uh, 
you know, we tried to get factory supercharged bikes going. Um, it was very, you know, it was on the discussion list many times. Mm. So, you know, and I, unfortunately they only had, by the time I got the bike and the time that the dealer show was coming up, I only had, uh, 34 days to develop a kit and, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, any manufacturer, always last minute stuff. So we literally busted our hump. It's the only motorcycle that my wife wanted to divorce me on. And, uh, after after the couple of years of marketing, I made sure I got that bike back so I can look at it and say, you know, son of a bitch, you almost cost me my marriage. But, um, (laughs) you know, right from the get go, uh, the only, uh, stipulation that I had from corporate was cannot modify the frame to, to fit, to do whatever I was going to do. So when I started on the project, you know, I got a hold of Walt from Pro Charger, and he he was instantly on board with it. And uh, you know, my first thing was that if we're going to do something, it had to look like it was always meant to be there. Right. And it could have been easily done in in two weeks' time if we didn't fit the package so tightly. Um, we've since that thirty-four day initial, we've you know, refine and revamp probably every part on it to actually make it tighter and, um, more manufacturable. But, uh, that was the key. And when we debuted that bike out in Los Angeles or Las Vegas at the dealer show, people were walking past it. They just thought it was a regular bike. <laughs> and I actually ended up having to, um, turn the bike around. So at least they could see the intercooler. And once they saw the intercooler, then they would stop and look at the other end and it would click with them. Yeah. So uh-huh. that was first and foremost is that the kit, anything that we do, we want to try to do. So it looks like it was supposed to be there all along. Yeah. The right side of that bike is absolutely perfect. I mean, like you said, you, you don't even hardly notice it's there. It's so neat and tidy. It's just very, very well done. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's just the intercooler is the only thing you see. And like we've watched, um, uh, what's his name? Tony Carbajal. He's the guy who yep. who has one of those. I've watched some of his videos where you can just see the intercooler on the left side a little bit, but you know all the stuff I've seen from the right side's perfect. It's perfect. Yep, blends right in. Now the the packaging for Indian, you know, not to shift away from Victory real quick, but the packaging yep. for Indian looks completely different because that's mostly on the left side. Do I have that right? The everything is on the left side. So. With everything, if you don't learn as you're moving along, then you might as well get out of business. Uh, one of the problems that we had on the Victory side is because it was so neat and tidy of an appearance, it ended up with over 200 parts to be able to do the kit um, because pretty much we've had to relocate the battery and, you know, um, for every space that you take away and Mm -hmm. and fill up you've got to find another space for that component so it's very difficult to it's very time consuming on our end to to put those kits together and make and on the victory side we really wanted to drive it off the primary but all the gears on the victory are sunk into the case so it wasn't it wasn't going to be an easy thing to be able to pull off so we ended up driving it off the right side crank on the Indian side, fortunately, they snuck some gears outside of the primary 
you know, out in the primary cover, so it was easy access. And with the Victory also, you have to modify the front head pipe. So anytime you do that, of course, it's an additional cost. and um, More labor, yeah. More labor, price goes up the whole nine yards. So on the Indian side, I wanted to make it easier to put on. And we did that with a huge leap. I mean, it's you can put the whole system on in an hour and a half. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. Yeah. It's it's that easy to put on now. Where the victory side, I mean, if you do one for the first time, it's going to be a solid two-day project. Yeah. And, um, I've watched the video a couple of times. I was like, that it doesn't look too bad, but I'm like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it, it's a lot of work. And um, the Indian, it's, it's going to be not a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of enjoyment, you know? So, uh, so we, you know, we, we learned, we, we don't have to change our, <laughs> we don't have to change our exhaust system. We don't have to do any crazy, uh, intake stuff. You know, we can incorporate everything off our main plate, the sandwiches between the uh, motor and the primary cover. Literally everything hangs off or is, is attached to a, a one inch main frame assembly. And the whole thing just slides right on. Wow. And the best, Rico, that sounds like about 60 horsepower per hour, if my math is right, yeah. <laughs> on the install. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Monster. Interesting. So now that's that's still in design at this point, or are you are you guys about ready to go with that one? No, we're we're ready to go. Um, matter of fact, my, uh, it's unfortunate. My machinist got uh, sick last week and was in the hospital for a week, so it kind of delayed us a little bit there. But we're, we're putting together kits together right now and uh you know we just need one more part from him to uh to wrap the kits up so sweet so very nice uh you may not have this information but i just i gotta ask it anyway what, what what's going to be the cost to something like that just curious the goal is to keep that price under the six thousand dollar mark and you know it's one component on there that costs two thousand that i don't make that's the only uh-huh. component that's on there that I don't make. So unfortunately, you know, it's a third of the price of the kit alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh-huh. you know, the pro charger where we're hoping to make the appeal is that it's super simple to install limited, um, time for installation, no break in, you know, um, huge increases in horsepower and torque and simplicity. So your goal with the Indian kit then is that, someone could put that in themselves. You don't necessarily need a dealer. Correct. Kind of thing. Okay. Correct. Uh, and you know, we'll supply you with all the support that's needed. If, if it's needed, uh, we are doing the, you know, the install video on that. It'll, it'll probably be more of a six minute video than a 47 minute video. But, uh, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know when I put my air cleaner on, you know, just the instructions were just dead on, you know, so I was able to do that in about an hour times, you know, just taking my time, you know, trying to do everything right. But it mm-hmm. just the the instructions were there. They were easy to follow. It was confident, inspiring for, you know, tinkering on your bike if you haven't done it. So it was just it was all there. You know, if I needed to call somebody, the numbers right there, even, you know, when I was initially thinking about buying, I call your your shop and, you know, talk to somebody there. We, they kind of walked me through it and, and just, you know, gave me that confidence to say, all right, this is what I want for my bike. And boom, you know, I ordered and, and put it on. 
And even after the fact, they, you know, they even called me and say, Hey, how'd it go? You know, were you successful? Blah, blah, blah. So that was really cool to, to, to get that phone call as well. So it's cool. No, uh, customer services, let's face it. You guys pay our salaries. You know, I just transfer the money around a little bit, but, uh, you know, our customers are, uh, are our bread and butter. And, um, you know, the other thing is we want to educate and, uh, you know, as we go along, because even if you're not mechanically uh, capable at all, we at least want you to learn more about your motorcycle in the process. Um, because the, the more information you know, the better off you are. Yep. Great. That's cool. So thank you for that, brother. And you do have a loyal customer from, from <laughs> me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's one in the bank right there. <laughs> yep. Cool. Um, before I forget, so, you know, for our riding brothers and sisters out there that are still riding victories or perhaps going to pick up one on the fire sale. Can you do just do a quick rundown of the parts and services that you have unique to the victory side? Okay. Uh, if you could think of anything performance related, chances are we, we manufacture or sell it. And, um, you know, from air cleaners to, uh, exhaust systems, uh, cams, fuel controllers, uh, timing wheels, you know, we do a turbo kit, we do a supercharger kit, we have nitrous kits, so have big bore kits, uh, big bore and stroker kits, pretty much all the basic hot rod stuff you need. And you're manufacturing most of that, you said, right? Yeah, most of the stuff that um, that we sell, we manufacture. You know, as far as services, you know, we do our, uh, anything performance-wise, we'll uh, install, tune, build. Uh, we typically don't do basic service you know oil changes fork oil stuff like that but if it's performance related you can count us in very nice yeah and that's kind of the message we were trying to send here is you know i'd have no problem going and buying a magnum today and you know ride it for the next 10 years polaris is going to support the bike from a manufacturer standpoint but we also want to let people know that there's incredible things out there in the aftermarket like what you guys are doing and you can get performance parts or you can get service you can get things like that so you're you know you're in good hands basically oh i i agree uh you know the first week of course is uh the people that get it get it and the other ones you know sometimes you just can't talk everybody off the cliff but in reality you know i was telling even having a discussion the other day at lunch you know my vision's an 08 vision Mm -hmm. so basically that bike is nine years old right now and the reason that people gravitate for to a victory is because of the handling, the braking, and, of course, the performance. If my bike was just a regular 95-horsepower vision, you know, I still have the ability to run with the majority of bikes out there at that power level. The handling and braking is phenomenal. So if you look at this 10-year plan, you're right. If you bought a Magnum now... You know, in the cruiser world, you've got one of the best handling, performing bikes out there today. Well, five years from now, them other guys might just be catching up. (laughs) So in a sense, you still got a bike that performs and handles with all the rest of them five years from now. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to go back in time as soon as you buy that bike. You know, you've, you've still got a, a, and they're reliable. That's the biggest thing too, is that, uh, you know, all the reports that ever came back from JD power and associates reliability was always on the top of the list. 
What are you guys seeing for mileage out of some of the the supercharged bikes? Like, what's the the top one that you see? Uh, I think we have one in because it's relatively only been out for a few years. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman out there. It's got sixty three thousand on one. Um, nice. You know which. You know, for performance-wise, and his is a 200-horsepower bike. Um, I like how he, he says that matter-of-factly. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just throw it out there. It's 200. <laughs> yeah, um, matter of fact, the gentleman just dropped off his uh, supercharged cross-country this morning. He's 78 years young. Uh, the first 18 months that he had the bike, he put 37,000 miles on it, and we put the supercharger on it when it was brand new. Um, so, you know, reliability's you know, we haven't seen a hundred thousand plus out there, but we just haven't had the time to see that either. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm perfectly confident that, uh, that they would go that far. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're not, you know, you're not racing it or you're on that drifting team, <laughs> that might be a little hard for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Tony and, um, <laughs> Joe are a little bit tough on bikes, but, uh, <laughs> and tires but they haven't broke theirs yet either. Yeah. That's good. So what? How, how do you feel about the big wheelbaggers, the one with the huge front tire? What are your thoughts? I know Rich, he cringes when he sees it. I just want to get your perspective on that. I'm not a fan. Um, no? No, I'm, I'm not a fan at all. I, I prefer to have a nice handling bike, and truthfully, a, a 30 on the front really just doesn't do it justice for me. And I don't even think he'd want to ride one in New York. Yeah. You know, we just don't have the roads for him either. But... uh I mean, that's a trend. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the one that I'm I'm seeing come forward now is, and I'm really excited about, is basically the performance bagger thing. You know, it's uh, everybody's dropping their tire sizes again, going back to 18s and big yep. brakes and high power. And, you know, that's you've got the best of everything. If you've got a bagger that's got those features, what else do you need? Yeah, that's what sold me on the Magnum. I mean, even with the 21-inch front wheel, it still was a, a nice handling bike for its size. And those brakes are just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, well, it's hard to believe that uh, that the braking can be that good on a, on a cruiser. Yeah, on a bike that big and heavy. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the quote-unquote muscle bagger scene coming in. Um, nice. I like the sounds yeah. of that. Yeah, that sounds mean, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, oh, let's see. What else you got on your thoughts, Rico? What about something like uh, Moto Guzzi? Any thoughts of going that direction? Because with their Flying Fortress, I mean, I, you, you could probably put a, a kit on that and produce some really mean horsepower. Oh, I agree. Um, one of the things that uh, that's interested me in, in quite a few years was actually Triumphs. Nice. You okay, know? yeah. Um, you know, Moto Guzzi... You know, I'm, I'm I'm not very knowledgeable about the internals on a on a Triumph, but um, they seem to be pretty popular in general. Yeah. Uh, so I think if if I was going to stray a little bit, I think I would stray that way. Yeah. The interesting hear, thing about heard it here first. Yeah. The interesting <laughs> thing with Gucci is they have their V twin uh, obviously is is turned sideways, so the the cylinders are out to the left and right, but they they're they're more similar to victory you know they run the overhead cams and things like that so might be more of a, you know more of a natural fit but that that flying fortress rico remember they're only making 500 of them so i know that's yeah, a little limited customer yeah. base 
Well, I mean, I started out with a uh, company that was only making a few thousand. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, that, it's not to say that I make the best business decisions, but <laughs> well, you seem to be doing good from at least where we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. No, we've we've done very well with with Victory. Yep. All right. So I think um, if Rico doesn't have any more, I guess we'll just. You know, ask for sort of your final thoughts or future plans. I know it's only week one of the Victory News, so we're we're moving through our stages of mourning. But um, so Tuesday morning, where where does Lloyd go from here? Making power. You know, it's uh, you know I'm not going to let it get me down. Um, I've got a family to support. I've got employees to pay. You know, we've we've got a and I've got a tremendous amount of customers that still need uh, to go fast. So uh, we're going to support our customers and, you know, future Victory customers. You know, we're still going to develop product, come out with new product, and uh, ride it the best we can. You know, the um, I think that one of the things is that people need to feel comfortable about whether they want to buy a new Victory or, or have an old Victory that, you know, people like me aren't walking away from them. You know, there's still going to be a place to go. Right, right. So that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's the best message. Like we said, it's, you know, it's sad to see them go, but there's still support out there for it. Right. We we can't change what happened. So, um, what we can do is change moving forward. All right. Thanks. Well, Rico, anything else from your end? I was going to talk tires, but eh, you tires. don't have to. <laughs> tires, round, mostly black, old air. Yeah, yeah, those. yeah. <laughs> You know your favorite brand, you know, because there, there, there has been some conversation in in our um, online community around tires and what's the best tire to get. One, you know, for stickiness, sticky stickiness, and the other two, the other one was for just long distance, more more of a harder compound. I know Dunlap, uh, Metzler, and all those are high on my list, so those are my go-to tires. I just want to know if you know Pirelli or any other. Tire that you would prefer that you would have on your bike. You know, I'm really glad you brought up tires because by bringing up tires, at least you didn't bring up oil. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the most beat topic in the on the uh, internet. That's our yeah. start a holy war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there is that talk too. We can add that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. We've had the oil. How about talk. we end it by not even starting on it? <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, uh, tires, it it depends. Um, you know, I, I, like I say, I'm a, you know, I agree with you, Metzler. Um, Dunlap, I'm not a big fan for Dunlap because they seem to be a little hard. But, uh, you know, I've done some Avons, seem to work good. Uh, although I haven't tried the new Dunlaps. Um, but uh, I'm typically a, a Metzler or Avon guy. Yeah. Very nice. We'll have links to the website and the videos because like we said, we started this whole conversation with you know your go forward videos and I I think I've watched every one you guys have put out. So yeah, too. <laughs> appreciate it. Everything appreciate on YouTube it. is is good for us and super appreciative of the time. We know you're still busy building parts and things like that. So so we do also want to thank you again for coming on the show. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Are you going to be in Daytona in Bike Week? Uh, yes, I will. Yep. Uh, we should be set up at the Speedway next to Indian. 
Um, or that's, that's the plan place. anyway. That's a good place. <laughs> yep. You guys going to head down there? Uh, John and I are going uh, next, not next week, the 28th. We're going to go down to the Rolex 24. Okay. And spend some time with my parents who are there for the winter and, and then we'll come back. I'd, I'd love to go down for, for bike week this year. I don't know if it's fully in the cards, but it's, it's tentatively on the plan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, we'll look for you for sure. If we get down there. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thanks for your time again. Appreciate it, Lloyd. Have a great day. All right, gentlemen. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. You same, you too. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, that was very cool. Having Lloyd call into the show and, Wow. And it's really neat to get the insider's perspective. I mean, 20 years with victory, that's a long time to be making big power. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad that uh, he's working on the Indian stuff and not the Harley stuff. I know, right? He's going <laughs> to look back and be like, whew, glad I started doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all transpires with him and Indian and see what he what he has in store for the Indian brand. So um, uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, for sure. We'll be watching. And who knows? We'll oh, yeah. hear from him again in the future. I'm definitely getting some parts, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go get a victory. If the price is right, let's put it that way. Well, the prices are all right. Yeah. We've seen that. At yeah. Least, at least in some places, some markets. Right. So an interesting thought that I had uh, towards the, the latter part of that conversation, and we, we were going to try and get the fashionista back on and get her take on this as an outsider, but so, so John, obviously you ride the spider, uh-huh. and I do. you don't really have a stake in the Harley Indian or even victory sort of battle or rivalry. Nope. And you really just kind of get spin-off grief from Rico and I. So sort of, you're like a semi-outsider, I guess we would say. Okay. So what what does this feel like to you? Any any ripples or are you just like, okay, whatever, moving on? Or, or uh, let me ask another way. In some of the other circles, like the motovloggers and, and groups like that, are they, how are they taking the news? Like, what's their thought? I think they're all on the same page. It's kind of like, it's surprising. I mean, there's one of the, the motor bloggers that's in the group, he has uh Rogue Mogo has the, the yeah. cross country. Uh they were giving him crap about it. He's was talking last summer about selling it off, get changing bike out. Personally for me, I, I don't see it's not really affecting me in that aspect, but I think it's kind of sad for the industry. Because here's a bike that was, you know, American made, as we talked in seventy one. Yep, all but two parts originally. Right, so so is it still there? Maybe it is. It might be a time thing of the times that they didn't push the bike hard enough or marketing it well enough to get it out there. You know, yeah, people didn't know about it. Maybe that's the thing. And and I could go the same way when we talked in seventy one, talking about the Japanese cruisers from Kawasaki and Yamaha that we went through, and really you don't see, you don't think about those as the your cruiser bikes, you think Indian and Harley. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's it's easy to lose sight of, of the size of Harley. You know, it's it's fifty percent of the market. So every other bike you see is is going to be a Harley. It's not just a phrase that people will toss around. Like based on the stats, it it really is one out of two. 
And I'll go back to my comment that I've made multiple times. Harley does some marketing things that are very smart that other dealerships or manufacturers need to do with the rentals and the demo rides and the open events and the MFS classes that they hold at their thing. Rider's Edge. Yep. So so they're getting people to come to the door, get you on a Harley to ride it. And to be able to rent them. Right. You know, for a whole day or however long you can rent them for it. I mean, just all over, you can always find some place that's renting Harleys. But but here's an interesting thing. So it's interesting to see how quickly Indians have become available for rent. I mean, look at Eagle Rider now. They have a fleet of Indians all across the country. Where was the victories for rent in the last 18 years? Right. Duh. Right. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, that's that's honestly the case. And, and, and I might have talked about it before I was at the local dealership getting the tire put on the spider and I was talking to the marketing guy about it and the problem is comes back to the Yamaha has requirements that you come in you got been running five years they have all these requirements that they got to meet before they let you ride it so I mean what does all that have to do with is some back end insurance yeah it's insurance mumbo jumbo and some bean counter that screws up the whole process. I mean, you know, I'm, I know Harley has attorneys and insurance and, and being canners, I'm sure, but in some way they've been able to make it work. The, the demo truck alone is, is one of the coolest things out there. And I know, I know other brands do demo trucks as well, but it just seems like Harley is all over with that stuff. And, and by and large, the dealers I think are different. Generally you walk into a Harley dealer, you want to test ride, it doesn't really take much to get out on one. Other places, they put you through the ringer. Yeah. You, you know, just you, to that point there, there's Harley dealerships everywhere. And now that there are Indian dealerships springing up, you know, they're not as many right. Indian dealerships as they are Harley dealerships. But as the momentum starts to build and more Indian bikes are being sold, I'm sure there'll be a lot more Indian dealerships popping up. Yeah, for sure. Across the country. But you, we still have that, can't call it a detriment, but there's that huge gap yeah. of dealerships to dealerships. So there's that. And then, too, you know, I wonder how long before Indian came along, how, I wonder if Polaris knew that they might be taking on uh, an Indian project of being able to use the Indian brand in building bikes that they decided, well, let's not put too much more money into this victory thing if we're going to go that direction because we foresee, you know, us moving forward with Indian and this whole victory thing just falling off. And I, I wonder if they, you know, they started to put all their chips in one basket and told to go one way, you know, I'm yep. just assuming. Well, you can see some of it. Like John, John dug up some information. You can see some of it on the timeline. The 106 for Victory came out, I believe it was in 2010, Lloyd said. And the announcement that they acquired the rights to Indian was around that same time frame. Yeah, 2011. So, And then 2013 was the first release. So yeah. To my knowledge, there were no new engine. There were no major changes 
to victory since then. Well, let's, let's in, ter- in terms of the power plant, I should say. Well, let's go back and talk about Harley. When was the last time Harley made a change? How many years ago, Rich? Like I said, again, it's that was a platform. So yeah, twin cam, seventeen or eighteen years. I forget the exact number, but it went through three different displacements, though. Right. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. People aren't getting knocking on the door, so maybe something that Lloyd said about the muscle cruiser comes out. Yeah, we'll see. And maybe we'll see it at Easy Rider. We'll we'll have to we'll have to get back on that one. See if that one comes true. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we if we see any, you know, of the muscle baggers show up when we're there. Uh, yeah, that'd be neat. Should be pretty sweet if there are some. All right, I don't think we're gonna hammer on victory anymore, but I think yeah. we we move, we look forward. We look forward to see now that Polaris can put all of their time and money and resources behind Indian. You know, how does this look in one year, five years, ten years from now? I mean, we're for sure going to be watching on the Flat Track series, and we're also going to be watching the sales, you know, what we can get out of them, and we'll see what happens. Don't forget, they're going to work on that slingshot. Whatever. (laughs) Snap. (laughs) Uh, Wouldn't it be cool, you know, just be able, years from now, victory comes back, and how cool will it be if you have one of these 106 cubic inch motors? Still, when it when victory returns, you know, it's like having a knucklehead, right? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, like, as Lloyd was had said as well, there there's a gem in here somewhere, somewhere in that victory lineup. There's a model, a series that years from now is going to be the one to have. You know, we don't really know which one at this point, but you know, there'll be one in there. Well, look at all the old bikes. Look at what's coming out. And yeah. you find all these one-offs. I mean, sure, they ran an 18-year run, 18 year run. You got history. If you own it, you got a piece of history. Yeah, and maybe it'll be those first-year bikes. Maybe it'll be those V92s yeah. that that people are, are clamoring for. Yeah, you buy them cheap now, but eventually there'll be, a, there'll be you know, the, the uh, investment will pay off if you keep it long enough. Keep the miles low. Cover it up. Cover it up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a shame for a nice bike. Yeah, it is. Like you said, th- those motors are strong. They built, they're built they built for performance and longevity, so they'll be around for sure. Maybe we should do our custom bike with a victory motor in it. There you go. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Do we need this one? Yeah. <laughs> shop time? Yeah. I, I think I've said, did I say this on the show, John, about stop talking about new bikes? Uh, Do you remember? You, you did not officially say it on the show. I think you said it on the downshift. On a downshift. Well, let's officially say it here. I've, I've sort of decided just with all the things going on that I've starting to take on a little, little much because I've been shopping and saving for a new bike. I've been shopping and looking around for a custom project. And then of course I have desires to put the R6 on the track. So one of those three has to go. And I think I've decided the new bike 
is the one that's going to fall off the plate. So I'm still can I still want to put the R6 on the track, do some track days, or at least get it um, on the road and, and riding it more often. And I'm still seeking a custom project. But I think, you know, any thought of me purchasing a new bike, at least this year and maybe even next year, is probably off the table. So I just wanted to say that officially. So <laughs> if I see bikes and we're talking about bikes and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd like to get that. I'm just saying it. You know, it's I'm not shopping for anything. <laughs> understood understood uh, <laughs> that's all and maybe that deserves this I don't know but nah. kidding me it's just what it is to have a Harley to have a crotch racket you want to put on the track and to want to build one I mean come on that's a lot well and the more we talk about it the one that I build might not actually be for me because I do have right. an eight-year-old who's just fanatical about bikes. Coming up, she got him get got him get him in the garage working on it with you, yeah, or in the basement. And oh, he wants to wrench. Oh man, he just yeah, he's just itching to start working on something. Those will be the moments he'll remember for the rest of his life. So I I don't know. Maybe I don't know if I want to build something small for him now. You know, like a dirt bike or something. Maybe I build something on a smaller platform like the Sportster that I would ride and then maybe that would sort of become his first bike, you know, 10 years from now, eight years from now. Cafe racer. I see him on a cafe racer type stuff. Like, Perhaps. Well, I don't know. I, I think no. if I do a Sportster, I think my Sportster is going to be, be sporty. You know what I mean? It'll be more like a sport bike. You know, it'd be a Harley motor, but it's gonna go through the it's gonna go through the mountains like no one's business. Hear you. <laughs> so well, I don't know. Cool. We'll see. Any any bike plans for you, Rico? You finding anything that you like? I do not want to buy a two fifty. <laughs> well, that'll be a point for me. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Dang it, Rick, Rico! Rico, I, come on! I don't know. Oh, hand, I, I just need a bike. Any bike, just go find one. Get yeah, a, get a three hundred then. <laughs> go get a three hundred. That gives me you know, a point. To, ha- to have two people on a two fifty going up a mountain is, <laughs> you know, kind of tough. And not have two people. Yep. I mean, what am I saying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be kind of tough on the motor. It'll be a slow process. Going uphill with two people on one bike. On you can hill. tune that in. And yeah, you could, but why? Just buy a bigger bike. Because that CC limit. Turbo. That That's true. That's true. Oh, we're looking to it. It's still up in the air. So we'll see what we can do. What aftermarket parts we can put on it to make it go. Yep. I mean, that, that's why they make the cars with turbos overseas is for the limitations on the CC limits. Oh, did you guys see the new no. Tesla race car? No. Yes, I sent it to you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, can you imagine? I can't wait to see that bad boy on the track. Well, make sure John puts a link to this in the show notes, but there's there's some racing series, and I forget what it is, but they've put together a, a Tesla Model S sort of GT race car basically gutted the interior it gutted it it's basically they left a, a big screen they left a the battery big screen, which is kind of funny yeah the big screen you know you can see the battery floor 
and there's nothing else in the interior but one racing seat. How many laps can you get? About two? It we didn't go see. long. It didn't go long. But it was 0 to 60, what'd you say, 2.1 seconds? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous yeah. for about 30 minutes, and then you're done. Right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they do. They could do, I, I'm thinking maybe at those speeds, let's say 150 before they have to switch that battery out. And two, did the Model Three is going to have like a ludicrous, ludicrous plus mode? Oh, yeah, it's going to have a plus mode. Are you guys still so, thinking about one of those? Are you guys still thinking about buying a, a Tesla car? That's well, it's it's eventually it's down the road. Yeah, maybe a little further at this point, but still to be able to do that be pretty sweet. I'm trying to talk my wife into at least looking at him because. She's pretty fond of Audis, and I think she should at least look at it. Look at the X. Yeah, check it out. They got a, a ludicrous plus mode now. All right. Well, one more thing before we close out is that by the time most of you are listening to this episode, John and I should be on our way, or very close to being on our way, to Florida. Really? Where are we going? Where are we doing? What are we doing? Daytona. Huh? The Rolex 24 at Daytona. Our first, well, both of our first road course official, like, you know, top series road course endurance race and first one together, first race together in a couple of years too. So yes, that's going to be fun. Riding to Florida, just under 500 miles each way. Yes. Spend some time with mom and dad, maybe do some show shenanigans on the way. So on that. I bought my tickets, or tickets have been purchased. Oh, I was going to say, your tickets. What about me? Tickets have been purchased. <laughs> okay. Hey, have you got the room stayed, or we got to tend it? Oh, we got to close the show down, John. Come on. Let's not get into details. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give him a crap free <laughs> So, yeah, looking forward Wait. to that. I will should have some some good stories, if nothing else, to talk about when we get back, for sure. Yes. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. So Rico will pipe you in from afar a couple times so you can drink in a little bit of that glorious noise from Daytona. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm just looking forward to riding in, in warm weather. I mean, it's not been terribly cold around here, but just to get down there and be like in t-shirt weather. Can't, wow. can't wait. Take a few layers off, right? That's right. I want to wear that liner. Okay, some other events we'll talk about real quick is American Flat Track coming up in Charlotte October 1st. John's going to the mountains with the Motovloggers April 7th through 9th, maybe. We'll have the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge again at some point, perhaps May. We're not really sure, but coming up again soon this year. Uh, Rolling Thunder, eh, that's a maybe. Washington, D.C., May 28th. That's a maybe. That's a maybe. That's your birthday weekend. And everything else, that's right. Everything else is two up in the air except for Barbara. <laughs> ah, preemptive coin. Look at that. All right. <laughs> Man, R- Rico, this jar's getting full over here. You know this? <laughs> He's gone to sleep. Rico. Uh, I can, Rico. Oh, I, I, Rico. I'm sorry. I couldn't find the mute button fast enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he keeps going. He's going to be able to pay for the hotel room and right. down there. I know. With all the money in that jar, for sure. Yeah. How much money is in that jar there, Rich? A lot. Is it full yet? I don't know. Okay, gentlemen. In there. Thanks for hanging out. 
enjoyed having having Lloyd on the show. That was a fun conversation. Looking forward to what he does in the future. We we wish them nothing but the best of luck and and we know they'll make it. They're doing amazing stuff up there. I've no reason to doubt that they won't continue for a very long time. And with that, I would like to thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And that would be our first five riders. Marcus, Rickard, Edward on the victory, Jebby and Zion, barbershop rider Chuck, and our riders group Steve, Mike, Micah, and Mark, insider little brother Kenny. Mr. Hogan? Shabila! Get those kickstands up. Let's do this, Brutus. Still Let's roll. Oh, he is still awake. All right. <laughs> Take care, everyone. He's always late. <laughs> I'm always there. If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. 